I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched Invader Zim Enter the Florpus, part two of our Halloween spookaloo. Um, this one is, is arguably not that Halloween-y, but I really wanted to do Zim. Zim's had (laughs) Halloween episodes. That's a stretch. (laughs) It is sure a stretch. I don't know. Zim is always like a thing that's been thought of as kind of like spooky and weird in a way. So it felt like in spirit, it works fine. (laughs) Um, and I'm not really going to spend any more time justifying it because this is what's happening. (laughs) We'll have we have three episodes that are definitely spooky. This one's like oh, maybe not, but it's fine. Um, so, who wants to try to do a plot synopsis of this thing? Oh boy! Oh goodness gracious, want, not me. <laughs> do you want me to do it? Go for it, babe. Okay. Um, so this is a continuation of the Invaders M television series. Um, in a in a pretty loose sense, basically, Zim has gone away for some reason and Dib has been obsessing over it for whatever this indeterminate amount of time is. And so when Zim finally comes back, he unleashes a new plan that Dib has to try to stop. And it's even more complicated than just that and gets more complicated as the plan actually goes into action. But that's, it's, it's all ridiculously complicated because it's, just silly and over the top constantly. But yeah, I mean, the basic thing is still just Dib trying to stop Zim. And it, it, it escalates wildly. Sure. That's yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's the movie. If you like if you liked the Invader Zim show, then you'll probably like the movie. If you like just like weird absurdist humor and um, slightly dark humor, but mostly just absurd humor and uh, fun animation, then you will probably like this. I don't think it's a prerequisite to have seen the series to enjoy this, but it is a prerequisite to have a certain sense of humor, I think, or at least be able to appreciate a certain sense of humor. Uh, Yeah. Did we like this? Do we think we would recommend this? I would like to first start with mom because she is the one I'm most (laughs) curious about the answer to this. Oh, goodness gracious. Darn, I was hoping I wouldn't be put on the spot. <laughs> nope, calling first. you out. You have to go first. Um, I, I can't, well, I can't say I enjoyed it in the pure sense <laughs> of the word. <laughs> um, I would, it would not be on my must-see list, that's for uh-huh. sure. Um, and I would... I would recommend it if you're an Invader Zim fan (laughs) or if you, again, like wacky humor, but otherwise, no. (laughs) Cool. How about you, babe? Um, I, I watched Invader Zim previously. It's just of our generation. Yeah. Yes. But it, it definitely still has that humor. And I think mine's changed a little bit. There's definitely parts that I enjoyed, uh, and this is actually the second time I've seen it. But honestly, I think the first time was enough. <laughs> so I would agree because it, I think this is the second time I've had to see this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so similarly, yeah, if, if you've seen Invader Sim, you'll probably enjoy this. If you're 
interested, kind of like, you're probably aware of the sort of humor, so go ahead, but generally, probably not recommending it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just betrayed by both of my loved ones, it's fine. (laughs) Um, I was one of those kids who was, like, obsessed with Zim when I was younger. For instance, I worked on but never managed to complete um, a music video using Invader Zim footage set to a um, techno remix of Duel of the Fates from Star Wars. Yeah, you're just saying a lot about yourself right now. I'm just really calling my... I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Sure. So Zim matters quite a bit to me. Um, I, like Valerie, I've sort of... Its style of humor definitely isn't, like, my main style of humor anymore in a a way that it kind of was when I was younger and and really enjoyed it. But I still... I still definitely get something out of it. And there was enough... There was enough comedy that I enjoyed to overall enjoy the comedy, even if some stuff either fell a little flat or was kind of, you know, a little eye-rolly, like, okay, they're doing one of these, like, back-and-forth jokes that goes on too long, and the it going on too long is the joke. Like, yeah. I get it. I've seen that. But, yeah, overall, enjoyed it. Um, and also, just as an animation fan, really enjoyed it. There's so much gorgeous animation throughout this, um, and which I don't necessarily mean it all looks beautiful, because some of it is purposely grotesque or weird. Yeah. Um, but it's all... It's kind of just an animation fan's wet dream, like the the um, extent to which uh, the animators yeah. were clearly having a good time making this is is evident from from the opening thing that uses a completely different animation style and is silly, all the way to a scene late in the movie where they use a bunch of different animation styles. Those are two of the most obvious, but even just throughout, there's just these little bits where I'm like, mm, the animators were just really. Just really going at it. Just having a good time. Um, Can we not categorize <laughs> hmm? that way? <laughs> uh, wet what dream. way? The wet dream yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 That was like five minutes ago, guys. You need to keep up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It's silly, but like, I don't know. I think it could be enjoyed by anyone who is okay with this style of humor, even if you haven't seen the series. Um, but obviously, Invader Zim fans are going to still enjoy it. If you're like someone who hasn't watched Zim in a long time but really loved it as a kid, you'll probably still enjoy it because at least you could feast your eyes on the animation, which is obviously many steps above what the series was able to achieve. And yeah, I don't know. It's great. Um, so I definitely recommend it to anyone who wants to try that sort of thing out. It's not going to be the sort of sense of humor that's going to work for everyone. But if you're like, I'm interested, then yeah, check it out. Let's get specific. So let's start talking about the story and characters and that sort of thing without spoilers, of course. I liked the shark thing with the dad. Yeah. <laughs> Which was... Uh, there's definitely some things in this movie that if you watch the series are kind of just retcons, but also it's a series where some episodes would end with the characters literally dying. So it doesn't really matter that much. Um, but the dad, the dad has, uh, robo arms that's revealed very early on. And I don't think that was ever a part of his design in the old series. Um, so that's just a fun thing. But the reason is because he 
like sharks. And... I mean, maybe this this <laughs> robo arm thing happened between the end I know, of the it's... series and the beginning of the right. Movie. He makes it sound like it was a long time ago, but maybe it was literally could have been a week ago. <laughs> literally, yeah, that one could work. Uh, it's yeah, it's silly. Yeah, I mean, I I can definitely say, or I feel like character wise, if you've seen the series, I don't think that this betrays any anything in the series in that sometimes if you're doing a re a remake or a reboot or continuation like this it can feel different um and definitely helped by the fact that like all of the voice actors are still there too like it they got all the old cast back yeah so it, it definitely feels like ah uh, yes like old times or so so if you've seen that before like i i don't think you'll dislike any any of the characters or you'll be surprised that this is where the story went. Like, yeah. I don't think you can, like, guess where the story's gonna go, but but nothing's gonna feel like they wouldn't ever do that. Like, yeah. no, it, that's fine. So, uh, and then if this is new to you, it's just it's just a ride that you have to accept. Yeah. Um, just, a, just a fun, <laughs> ridiculous ride. But, but, you know. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. Character-wise, it's... Real wacky, but, you know, Gaz is always a favorite. Yes. So, so that she was in it a lot, I was very happy with. I, I love that the explanation for why Zim has been away for so long is is just that he's been squatting in a toilet laughing maniacally for however long it's been. Like, <laughs> you know, that just fits the style of humor. It's like, we don't need to explain in this in any real way. It's just he was in a toilet laughing the whole time. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really did uh, this section. I'm assuming we're talking again about the characters. I, I really like the sister. I really like that uh, the whole, you know, having to put on the hazmat to go to begrudgingly go go check on the brother who's been in his room forever, and then, yeah, and then even just the dad, just just the funny, the contrast between this scientist, this you know, that's obsessed with science and this happy homemaker guy who's making breakfast and, and taking <laughs> care of the kids. Uh, it's, it's, it's cute. It's well done. And of course, Gurr is always one of my favorites. I really like Gurr and Gurr's all the mess and the grossness with it. Retrieving all the things and the pizza and the food. And I was, I was over the top, but it was, it was right. funny. I like Gurr. I'm pretty sure it was called a gas mat suit. It was. Oh, okay. It said it on the back. <laughs> Just to. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I liked about the siblings in this version versus the original is that they're noticeably darker skinned than they mm. previously had been depicted as. And they've always, um, I, f I forget what their exact nationality is supposed to be or whatever, but it's basically they're a reflection of Jonan Vasquez himself in terms of, of what their ethnicity is supposed to be. Mm. And that's always been the case, even, even in the old series. But in the old series, they were a lot paler, so it was a lot easier for white people to ignore that if they wanted to yeah. um but but in this one they're they're noticeably darker and so it's harder to deny that sort of thing which mm -hmm. is nice yeah the uh little insight into the control brains that the urkins have and and what they can do with them was an interesting like just tiny bit of world building of like they have these creepy control brains and Zim is terrified of being overwritten and his personality being overwritten and destroyed by them. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, definitely lore in here that you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, did they establish that 
previously in the series that the tallest always go in a straight line. I don't think they ever bothered to say that, no. But you know what? Feels right. <laughs> it does feel like, right. I'm not like, they wouldn't do that. No, you're like, of course they would do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing that just I realized in this, in watching this again, was that I didn't, I never got that it was the tallest, like T-A-L-L, the tallest. Yes. yes. And that's hilarious because I thought it was kind of like the tallest or so, some kind of, you know. Other word. Yeah, yeah. other, yeah, some, or some kind of otherworldly <laughs> or, you know, whatever name. And it's, yeah, and they're the tallest ones. Yeah, it's with, just that they're tall. That's yeah. the, this yeah. is a perfect Conspiracy segue. theory. Yeah, and to my question, are they really that tall or are they faking it? Okay, here's here's my guess. Okay. <laughs> okay, so in the beginning of the actual series, we'll go back to this lore. Like, they established the tall thing very early on with the they fact do. that Zim is shorter than, like, all the other invaders you see before he's introduced. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least before he is standing next to them. Um, I think that the tallest are tall, but not that tall. Sure. They are, like, tall compared to other Urkins, you know? But, like, still pretty short as far as what we would consider. Sure, sure, sure. And they just have these suits that overemphasize their tallness because they are the tallest. I would totally believe that. Because you do see, like, green limb type things in between, like, some shoulder stuff and arm. Like, you see their yeah. their upper arms. Yeah. But literally, their hand could be pretty close. Like, they don't have to be that tall. Exactly. It's covered up by the... They could very easily be in like some sort of robotic yes. or, or or organic robotic extender type thing. situation, yes. so they look extra tall. I would not put it past them. Yeah, I'm just curious what what other thoughts. No, I'm glad but, that we, I'm glad that we could get into this this extended Zim lore. Yeah, but they're <laughs> they're next. It would be very hard, I think, to fake that. Yeah, but that's why I think they're just they have the body that's in the upper part of the suit, but like. They are tall compared to the other Urkins, but they're not that ridiculously tall. Especially, like, the fact that they're always hovering. Like, they don't walk around. They hover just also intimates that, like, they just, the the bottom of it is just a robotic suit thing that they hover off the ground in. Yeah. That's not really even very related to this movie, but it is fun to talk about. (laughs) Well, their difference in height certainly does not correlate to their intelligence. Oh, no. I will say that. (laughs) I will say that. No, definitely not. Uh, I liked the montage sequence, and at the end of which Dip says, I was in bad shape, then I got two in shape, now I'm back to normal shape. Yes. (laughs) There's some good quotes. Yes. Um, First favorite one. Where's my shoving stick? I can't shove without my shoving stick. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, I So I'm, I want to talk about Tech's ship. Um, Mom, you probably don't remember, which is totally fine. Um, I don't remember what episodes I forced you to watch of this show when I was younger. <laughs> but um, Tack was a, a lady Urkin who hates Zim for reasons. I mean, Zim's pretty hateable. It's fine. And and comes and tries to destroy him in a particular episode at the end of the first season. And at the end, once she's taken care of, her ship ends up getting getting retrieved by Dib. And so Dib just has her ship. But there's also another episode in the half-made second season 
wherein that ship's personality gets overridden by a altered version of Dib's personality. So the ship still having tax voice and personality is technically a retcon, but it's also very appreciated since it lets uh tax voice actress be in here and like do her thing some. Um, yes. So yeah. I, it was delightful as well. Yeah, like I yes. really appreciated that they made that retcon because it's like, we don't really need to explain that. Um, and yeah. it makes her be able to be in the movie in some way, even yeah. though Tack isn't actually in the movie. Also a good line from the ship. Don't tell me what to do, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, why would you identify with this line? So it's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> I also like all of the plethora and just all of the evidence and the father still like that's not true that's not science or whatever that that can't be true and then i like his denial even with all of the bizarre stuff uh him just just fervently clinging to that this is all a dream and this isn't real <laughs> yeah keep that vague for spoiler's yeah, sake but yeah, yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah I won't, yes I won't no agreed detail, but yeah it was just like okay <laughs> Okay. I've got another quote. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just saying, I have another quote for this where uh, when the dad was talking to Dib about, you know, his his, uh, spooky beliefs or whatever uh, about vampire bees, and Dib was like, You saw the sting marks, and and you know that I eat honey a lot now. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) There's also the classic, I wish for once you could have my back. And then his dad's like, Wish he doesn't very scientific, son. Yeah, like definitely there there are a lot of enjoyable parts, but also it's a bit of a ride that you just have to be okay I feel, with. So my my thought on it is kind of that the beginning has some of the 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 beginning has a lot of the humor that I think works for all of us, including mom. The middle starts having some of the more stereotypically Zim humor, like the like oh, it's going back and forth too long and that's the joke and yelling and stuff like that. And then the end is just like stereotypical Zim over the top stuff's happening just all the time. And it's both like action-y but also comedic. I feel like the middle is probably the toughest segment to get through if you don't like naturally gel with Zim's style of humor. Yeah, that's fair. What What is, I'm sorry, what is the boy's name again? Dib. Dib. Uh, having to look at Dib at the beginning was not pleasant. <laughs> I was not enjoying that. I definitely have more to talk about with that in yeah. a different section. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they definitely um, took pains to make him look very gross. Yeah. Well, and even all of the the things, you know, hanging out of his nose that even... No, exactly. The, even, yeah, even through his getting in shape montage, still had to deal with looking <laughs> at that for a while. <laughs> It is kind of funny the him being uh, cemented to his chair. Yes, yes. I think the moment where Dib uh, takes off his bracelet and tosses it and it hits the floor and Zim looks at it is the moment where Zim starts formulating his new plan. Oh, like he sure. phrases it later as if it was only Dib explaining how this thing works, but I think even a little bit before that, just seeing it was where his the wheel started turning um and he actually did a good job with a plan for a while <laughs> yeah I know, I, know. I know i know yeah yeah like you could see the thought was there they animation yeah they did good showing you and then him just playing up 
his depression. Yes. Just to keep going with the story. It's interesting rewatching it. I could kind of feel a tangible difference in Richard Horvitz's acting of Zim's um, audio depression Mm -hmm. before and after that point. Like he does kind of sound noticeably different and a little more fake. Yeah. After it is fake. Another, while we're talking about characters, the computer was interesting. I don't remember if that was always the case in the series, but I don't yeah, think that was so. interesting. The computer was actually voiced by the creator, Joan and Vasquez. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. No, yeah, that was that was funny. Can, uh, I'll, I'll, okay, first, can we talk about the iconic moment where Professor Membrane's saying something about no one uh, loving science as much as him, and then one guy in the audience is like, "I, I am," or a bigger, being a oh, bigger she, fan, and the guy in the audience yeah. is like, "I am," and then he just is immediately in front of that guy, like pointing into his face, and it says, "Not scientifically possible." <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, that was funny. I, I, I like also that like basically the reason that Zim's plan worked is like capitalism and the way that it markets things and he even basically calls this out by saying all this time trying to subjugate the humans and all i had to do was charge them for it yeah this is true social commentary (laughs) i also liked um the cameos of several kids from this from school from the original series a lot of the series would take place at school um and and the different students that were there uh a lot of them cameos in the the kids holding hands parts uh-huh. like i could i did i was like oh i remember her i remember that guy um even that kid who um wants to be zim's best friend and gets his eyes plucked out and replaced with robotic parts he was he was in the line at one point oh, <laughs> um, yeah there's a lot of kids that i could recognize I so like that's this, just fun yeah, little. This, this ridiculous line around the world and i like them even yeah. in water like with with sharks the sharks yes. ended up joining the lines with did them the and... sharks have bracelets how did they work as links i'm not know. sure i'm not sure and over the lava pit you know and stuff yes it's like that okay epic leap <laughs> yes yes i feel like the the kid on the other side should have tried to jump too like he just made the that girl jump that long distance <laughs> if they had met halfway i think i can it might be harder to meet up halfway. I guess so. Mid mid air, trying to readjust. I guess so. And all, yeah, like we we've kind of already mentioned, but just the voice acting was was a plus the whole time. I, a, yeah, I think so. One of my favorite lines from from Dib is the but we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and. Our, our main voice actors are Richard Horvitz as Zim, uh, Rose Eric Ricky Simmons as Gurr, and also the brief cameo of, Blo- of Bloaty the Pizza Hog. Uh, Dib is Andy Berman, Gaz is Melissa Fawn, and Professor Membrane is Roger Bumpass, who you might also know as the voice of Squidward. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Also, Almighty Tallest Purple is Kevin McDonald, who's been in like a lot of things and who I most associate with a uh, Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, isn't he uh, Kids in the Hall? I think. Yeah. 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 No, he's he's been in a oh, lot. Is of he things. the one that says I'm squishing your head? Hmm. The the skit where he's squishing your head. I d- maybe you don't know. Okay. That sounds familiar. I think he probably. Yeah. 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 Um, who, is there any other interesting voice acting things? Joan and Vasquez voiced, uh, a lot of 
smaller things, including the computer, Mini Moose, um, and Climbrain. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and you said Justin, that was all. That was all the creator. Yes, um, cool. Justin Roiland was, of course, in here. Um, oh, most course. most noticeable is Fudio three thousand. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that Mom would recognize Justin Roiland, but he's sure. in a lot of cartoons, and most obviously in Rick and Morty. Oh, and uh, a couple of like majorly side characters like Floopsy and Martha and Happy Lady were voiced by <laughs> Jenny Goldberg, who uh, worked on the Invader Zim comic book series and was the art director for the film. Oh, okay, oh that's cool. cool. What, who voiced the uh, the fake dad? That was uh, Joan and Vasquez. Okay. So the, the creator. Clem Brain is... Uh, yes. Clone Membrane. Yes. What, what uh, Gaz dubbed him. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I think the voice acting was, was top-notch. I really don't have anything negative to say about it. I would agree. Yeah. Um, and I, let's, I'm going to drop a couple of my fun facts, because I haven't actually mentioned them yet. Uh, this was originally created as a television film for Nickelodeon's actual network, um, but Netflix ended up buying the distribution rights in 2019. At uh, San Diego Comic-Con, Jonan explained that Nickelodeon had been asking him about doing more Invader Zim for years, you know, ever since it became a cash cow in for in merchandise, which is, um, for those who don't know, Nickelodeon uh, was very uh, rude to Jonan with the series. It got canceled in the middle of its second season very abruptly, like they just came in and said, hey, this is canceled, get out kind of thing. So it's, you know, that's just how capitalism is. Once it started making a bunch of money in merchandising, then they wanted him back. And he didn't want to for a while, both because he was busy working on other things and he wasn't able to come to an agreement on budget for a Zim revival. But eventually um, he was during a period where he was apparently completely miserable with whatever else he was working on, he accepted Nickelodeon's offer. They initially wanted him to do a revival television series, but he suggested a six-episode miniseries instead, and then he bargained them down even more to just a television film, <laughs> um, since d- he said doing a film would be infinitely less stressful. So, oh, so yeah, wow. that's some behind-the-scenes stuff of how this finally got made, um, even though the relationship between Nickelodeon and Jonan was bad for a while. Understandably so. Hmm. Okay. Let's go on to animation, where I have a lot of notes. <laughs> I think a lot to say. The animation at the beginning is fantastic. It's like a hyper-detailed kind of anime style. Yeah. Which is completely not the style of Zim, but that's literally how they open up the movie. So that's just a fun way to get things rolling. That yeah, was and, fun. And, and I like what it says about the character, too. Yes, of, about how Dib sees himself. Exactly. As yes. a heroic anime hero. Like a big adult guy. Yes. Everybody's just like super detailed and super... And, and Zim's so menacing. Yeah, exactly. He's hi- he's fighting a hyper-competent enemy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and two, I, I know you will, dis- you will discuss this, but all of the different blends of animation and I don't know if it was claymation or some other things that they put in there in and different had, pivotal I times. I think they might have. They had puppetry. Yeah, yeah there was puppetry, a lot of stuff. All <laughs> kinds of stuff was really interesting. And, and I think... You and I have discussed this before. I'm not a fan of the way Dibs and especially Zim and all are drawn, but I will say the colors, the um, how crystal clear, vivid, 
all the detail. It was beautiful animation. I did very much yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting to note that the character designs have definitely changed since the old days. Um, the original series had much harsher, more angular designs for all the characters. Um, but in this, they're a lot overall softer and rounder, which is partially um, because of the art director, Jenny, who was the main one working on the comic. Mm -hmm. And and that was kind of the style for the Invader Sim comic that happened a few years before this uh, actual animation was was announced. So I I think it's partially her influence that has like kind of rounded the character some. um, and, And some people really hate kind of that art shift. And I'm not one of those people. I think I, I liked the style of the original. It really worked for what the original was, but I think this style worked amazingly for what this movie is. So, yeah. 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 Just beautiful to look at and just everything meshed again, everything from the buildings to everything that they created, even, you know, the, the way that the pizza or the goo or the cheese from the pizza <laughs> stretched and, and everything. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The animation's just really good. Like the, the angles that they'll do for things, the, the exaggerated lighting that they'll use, just the exaggeration that they constantly push throughout it all really serves the style of the thing really yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. mean, like setting certain moods and tones, like in the beginning with Gaz approaching Dib's room, it's very horror like film with her with the little like dots in the air. And then as like the, the door opened up the just like smoke or, or whatever coming out it, and the bad spells. Yeah. And him, <laughs> uh, seeing him only by the reflection in his glasses, like just really cool direction just there. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of, of good stuff going on. For there, sure. there was a lot of smaller things that I really that I noticed and appreciated too, like uh, Gaz bending her spoon in rage, and then it gets quickly replaced by Fudio. Yeah, Zim pointing with his foot at at Dib at one point. Uh, the over the top phase two shot uh, as Zim's like phase two, and there's like a, the giant words behind him and everything. Uh, that that part where Minnie Moose. Uh, peels the sticker oh, off of the so thing funny. and oh, part so of what funny. made it so funny to me was that the kid's animation his body like didn't move at all as he got increasingly agitated it was just his head like waving around which emphasized both the fact that he's clearly not going to actually do anything <laughs> and also just the absurdity of it all like yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's re- just little touches like that are really good <laughs> and really yeah. heighten the comedy yeah, and I wanted to echo some things that Valerie pointed out uh, because, again, the use of angles, that, that very, the beginning opening was very horror-like. I think that's the most to it being close to Halloween because it was very, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know what was coming out that door. The way they made it, 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 it just really increased your anticipation and, and just the mystery and and how, you know, scary, horrific it was. And then I loved, again, all the angles that they used. For example, after he finally met with Zim for the first time, and of course I loved Zim not recognizing him. And and like you said, the lines about, but but you you, you know me. Uh, (laughs) And, but I love too, the angles that they had when he finally, sorry, fell, I'm laughing now, fell over in his chair and is laying there on the sidewalk and Zim walks away because it was from almost that angle in on level with, with the sidewalk. And, and as 
as the camera pulls away as if, you know, Zim is walking away, but then you just see him again, just laying there on the sidewalk from that angle. It was just really well done. Yeah. It really heightened like Dib's sense of like desperation and inability to do anything and, and just the absurdity and like the fact that he was feeling this way over Zim doing pretty innocuous things. Yeah. 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 Um, I liked the introduction of the tallest's fleet. It was really like intimidating and over the top. The the massiveness of the fleet, the fact that they're blowing up planets willy nilly. They like shoot a hole in one that you can't even see, and then continue going forward and like hit, slam into the planet that has a giant hole in it and it breaks apart. Like, yeah, it's beautiful, and it really uh, it makes them feel kind of intimidating. But which is then contrasted with how completely unintimidating the actual two guys are yeah um and and i also noticed that uh immediately as we got into the ship and they were talking their animation felt really like flash animation almost um as as they moved like they it felt really not great and uh, when i first saw the movie i kind of felt like that was a little bit of a negative and just like a them cutting corners to have better animation and other stuff but i i feel like it actually might have been purposeful and been an even greater contrast to like these sweeping CG things that are happening outside that are intimidating and awe-inspiring and then going in on these guys who are really simplistic and moving kind of simplistically and animated simplistically because they're also simpletons yeah. um like yeah I think it might have actually been a purposeful move I mean it, I'm certain it did save on their budget a little bit so they could focus it in on other parts but i think it also kind of heightens the contrast of the tallists and like the awesome power that they wield while also being wholly undeserving of it yeah i'm just thinking of the poor guy that's sitting there on the computer (laughs) inside their ship and is is telling what they should do and they're just totally discounting anything and he's just having to okay all right (laughs) yeah he's like i I tried to tell you and you're not listening yeah it's it's the question i always ask it now what would this movie have been like in live action (laughs) wow terrible i how how to even the extent to which invader zim wouldn't work as live action is astounding yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like you think you think about it and you're like wow that just really wouldn't work it's kind of like suggesting making looney tunes live action which i know looney tunes have been in live action movies but they themselves have still been animated i mean it's like it's like the idea of doing something that is so wholly cartoony in a live action format is just the none of the comedy would work the characters wouldn't work like it just this is the sort of thing that can really only be animation and work the way that it does. It would have yeah. such a different, weird, bad feel. Yeah, you can't really ground a lot of the stuff they do in reality. No. Like, when uh, when the computer tries to get more power stealthily, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the amount that you'd have to ignore all of the things that are physically happening... Is is too much. It's barely enough in this cartoon world, where you're just like, ah, sure. I guess they don't see this. They do preface a little bit before that, though, and have the scene where Zim literally takes off his disguise. The neighbors see it and they're like, oh, it's an alien, and then he puts it back on and like, oh no, he's fine. Yeah. So like they're they're showing you that the people around Zim are complete dummies. Sure, sure, yeah. but like again, doing it 
in reality, like this were live action, like you couldn't. Because that's, like, that's the comedy of it, but it's just hard to believe. Yeah, the people in Zim are, like, caricatures of people. Especially, oh, sure. like, the people who aren't the main characters. Yeah, adults, kids. All, yeah. yeah. You you couldn't believe them if they were actually physically real. Like, no, you couldn't believe any of it. It's just, no. it's too absurd. Yes, how do you do gerbing, just, like, eating up nachos or whatever, <laughs> without it being... Just weird and gross. Yeah. You can't. But you can't not in do a, it. No, it's already kind of weird and gross, but like in a mildly delightful way, depending on how that sort of humor strikes you. But as yeah. in, if it was like a CGI thing doing that, it's just not going to work. Like what? What's even close? There's I nothing. can't even No imagine. one could make. Yeah. yeah. No one can make a thing like this in live action. It just. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's, because... it's sort of like musical theater, which can work in live action, certainly, but it's even easier, arguably, to pull off in animation because of the suspension of disbelief. Zim is just a thing that requires that suspension of disbelief, and mm-hmm. animation gets you over that hurdle yeah. in, in a way that you couldn't otherwise. Yeah, even the animation style and the, the drawings of the characters, I can't fathom anything that would transfer... I mean, no. you know, in any medium other than animation, it just, yeah. it's, it's just too distinct of, you know, of characters. I guess it would be like, and I've never watched this to any extent, as you know, kind of like Ren and Stimpy. How would you, how would sure. you portray them in anything other than animation and it, and it not look, and it look anything or you get the same feeling or anything? Yeah, the yeah. feeling you is, could. is really it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, babe. The, the feeling is just different when it's live action. Let's, uh, any, anything with sound design that we want to say. I just want to call out Kevin Manthe doing, doing great work as usual. He was the composer of the music in the original series. He did a great job here. It was wonderful. There's one song. One song? There's w- <laughs> there is one song and, well, sort of two, two, mostly one. You hear a snippet of a second, which is in the spoiler section. I can remind you in the spoiler section if you don't remember. But no, there's one main song. Hey, bad. <laughs> but it's also purposely bad. So. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, I do love the theatricality of the music and just the grandness of, of yes. the instrumentals. It, it, it really heightens the mood. Yeah. The- yeah. Oh, well, there was something else recently that also benefits from that sort of thing of the. Oh, I remember I was watching a video on Kingdom Hearts that was discussing oh. like the music of Kingdom Hearts does a lot of legwork to, like, make anyone take any of it seriously, which obviously that's not the goal here in in Zim, but the music of Kingdom Hearts really, like, makes it feel melancholy and makes it feel epic in in the ways that it needs to be, where if it was just you're trying to accept these anime looking characters interacting with Disney characters is that's going to be a harder pill to swallow if it's just more typical gamey music. But, but that it, why can't I think of her name? I've like, Yokoshimamura. yes. Uh, the, the music that Yokoshimamura does is it, like with the piano and the epic sweeping kind of sounds really elevates the material in a way that, it wouldn't if it was kind of more typical of video game music. And similarly, I think that the the music of Invader Zim elevates it in a way that if it was more typical, not noticeable background music, w- wouldn't 
wouldn't be the case. Like, because it's so grandiose and over the top, it makes, it makes this, like, it basically, uh, to me, the music of Zim is sort of a personification, without being a personification, of Zim's thoughts of himself. Like, Zim thinks that he is this amazing, powerful dude doing great things, and the music kind of exemplifies that. And honestly, it's, it's, Zim and Dib. Yeah, they both they that. both have these inflated ideas of themselves and the music really plays into that and makes these arguably very silly ridiculous things. They still feel silly and ridiculous, but you also feel like these two characters are taking them seriously. Yeah. Which helps heighten the comedy because it's like no one should take this seriously, but these two dweebs are. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely agree. You you see it with Dib in the intro, and he says, like, I'm the only thing standing between TakeOver and, like, like protecting the Earth. Yeah, so yeah. you know he takes himself seriously. And then Zim, similarly, like, I'm the, the greatest invader. The Tallest sent me here on a special mission. So, yeah, I, I, I like that take where the, the music bolsters their sense of self. And yeah, like it, I think I agree. And I, and it also even bolsters Gas's sense of self with what her theme is, which you most clearly hear in the scene where she like threatens Dib right before the press conference and then like, and then like glares at him and like backs away into the darkness. Floats you hear, away. Yes. You hear a little bit of her, her theme there, which is, I don't know what the instrument is called, but it sounds almost like gothic, like, old old timey kind of sounds and that that was used for her in the series too and it kind of it's indicative of how she thinks of herself in terms of like being this she she obviously revels in being a spooky threatening threatening kind of presence and that exemplifies that yeah the music's very good thank you kevin manthe for this yeah just very well done amazing yeah very very well done if we don't have any more music, animation, story, any of that, that isn't spoilers, then let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? So um, there's a couple of things that I want to discuss here. We can start with the one of the easiest, most obvious ones first, which is how Dib looks in the beginning. And it is problematic, but I was interested to see that it was less problematic than I would expect in terms of like he is portrayed as gross and part of that is unfortunately like the fact that he's fat but that word isn't ever actually used and they only really focus on how smelly he is and the fact that he's fused to the chair because he's refused to get up from it and stuff like that they play those angles up to to exemplify why he's gross And that's not what I, like, generally I would expect a lot more name dropping of, ew, you've gotten gross and fat and stuff like that. And that doesn't really happen, um, which is interesting. His character design definitely still, like, his, he has double chins and he has a big pouch belly and stuff. So they definitely visually still play up that. And so that is still problematic in some ways. Um, But it's, it was much less so than I would expect that sort of joke to be, especially going on as long as it did. And never once was that word even used towards him. Yeah, I definitely noticed that they they didn't really say fat 
but but the intent was for him to be gross and unpleasant and he was gross and unpleasant yes and, and like mom said part very... of that was like the boogers and the ear stuff and like just his unkemptness yes but yeah. also part of it was that he was a bit fat yeah so yes it was it was unpleasant but they didn't go for the easy jokes in that sense yeah of just like calling him fat saying oh you're too too big you're like you can't move like so Yes, that was interesting. But then, unfortunately, they have a cameo on the TV of Bloody the Pizza Hog, and Bloody the Pizza Hog's whole entire thing is just fat phobic and gross. Like that he's super big and gross and roll and like rolls around in grease and wants you to also with his gross pizza. Like Bloody the Pizza Hog didn't need to cameo. Frankly, that was one of the worst parts of the original series. Was any time Bloody was in there, and I get that it's supposed to also be like a critique of fast food stuff but it's also just like fat phobic gross jokes yeah and then the last thing that i'd like to discuss i don't know if you guys have anything else is Climbrane. i feel like his depiction is kind of ableist was i the only one getting that vibe especially the voice kind of felt like it was supposed to be a um exaggeration of of someone with mental disability um i don't know if i was the yeah, only one getting no, that but yeah, it, it felt I, like I it, it was just yeah it, he's kind yeah. of uncomfortable to me yeah. and like kind of the ways that he would slur things or, or just kind of like say things weird uh, yeah i don't know yeah it definitely felt like something you've kind of heard before but not in a great way yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So, good, so good catch because I mean they could have made him more like I'm just thinking of Patrick and SpongeBob, you know, where you can portray yeah. someone as very unintelligent or even maybe very literal, but you don't have to make them sound like they have a mental illness, especially yeah. or a speech or, impediment, or that it's an exaggeration or mocking of that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And, and it, yeah, it was almost like a speech impediment type thing. They also and had I, going with him. Yeah, and I did I did feel that a little less um, as the movie went on, as, as Clembrain continued to be in it. Um, but but especially in his his introductory scenes, um, I, yeah, I, the voice just the voice especially kind of the overall depiction, but especially the voice were, was just kind of off putting to me. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, anything else for this section that either of you noticed? I don't think so. All right, then. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to 57 minutes and 31 seconds. Space whales. There were space <laughs> whales. I, I love any time there's space whales or something in that general design category. Yeah, no, like... That was neat. Uh, I, I should have. That's what I wanted to mention in animation. The detail in like a lot of the mechanical things. Yes, those are always super interesting to watch in anything science fiction. You see it stuff. a lot more in anime. I feel like yeah, um, you don't see it nearly as often in Western animation. But it was really delightful to see it. But uh, I think it was kind of related to the scene where he's uh, being stealthy about getting more power or or whatever. But like. Uh, either guns or some sort of cylindrical pointy uh, thing and how um, little mechanisms come out of it and shift and stuff like that. Like those are always really cool. And so the ability to do that in these sorts of sci-fi type things, 
it's always interesting to see, and yes, space whales, little uh, designs for uh, space aliens and stuff I like, like the, that. the prison guard aliens. Their designs were fun. Yeah, like yeah. there's so much fun stuff in here, for sure. I also, so so Dib and, and Gaz end up escaping in tax ship to go rescue their dad, who has been put in space prison by Zim off screen. Um, and... Once once they get there, there's a, a little scene where Gaz actually shows some amount of affection towards Dib, and I thought that was really nice because yeah. that never yeah. happened in the original series. And just showing that, like, obviously she likes to rag on him, but she does actually still love him, even if she doesn't use that word. But she's like, like you're my brother. Like you get the intention, even if she doesn't exactly say it. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, that was a nice moment. I also like the actual physical part of the prison that this ship takes with them. And then even the ship, I was glad it showed the people that the ship, you know, looked like they that the ship incinerated them because the exhaust <laughs> went in there. But then you see them all standing there, still waving, very happy. So yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, well, they're good. I got glad. a little burned, but yeah, they're I'm, fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm glad they all, yeah, all aren't dead. So yeah. You know who you don't know what happened to them, though? During the chase scene with Dib and Zim, there's that little planet that was, like, having a birthday party that they run on. We have no oh, idea I what know. happened to those people. Oh, those poor little people. Yeah, poor little people. Very I liked rude. Gaz getting to pilot the ship like a video game. Yes, uh, that was a nice, yes, yes, that was a really was lovely fun. little moment. That was fun. Yeah, she, she, she just puts on her glasses she just takes control takes the helm and just goes for it it was great yeah it was very that was that was a good montage also the quote son you don't have to prove anything i'm always proud of you Mm. beautiful beautiful thank you thank you dad before you get whisked away by a thing you refuse to acknowledge is actually happening yeah Yeah. it's like it's fine nothing's real (laughs) yeah uh speaking of so whenever he was in the prison it felt like there is it just one big cell? I know, right? I know, like, where I do know. they come from? And is he the leader? Or he's just, like... Did he... I don't know. I imagine he just delighted these guys with his, like, refusal to acknowledge that things are real. Sure. Yeah. And they're like, this guy's funny. I like this guy. Yeah. I like the design of the uh, guards. Yeah. These big guys. They're yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm. I like them. Yes, 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 yes. The, the whole, so once they, they get back to Earth, Dib starts chasing Zim, trying to get Mini Moose, who is the key to fixing everything. Um, and that whole chase th- scene I thought was fabulous. Like them just jumping around on these things that are floating in the air and the different camera angles and different shenanigans that happened was just, it was delightful. Mm-hmm. I really like Minnie Moose, by the way. I meant to say that. <laughs> Minnie Moose <laughs> is good. Minnie Moose is, great. Minnie Minnie Moose is, is a great. character who appeared at the very, like, towards in the last couple of episodes, or maybe it was literally the last episode of the second, the parts of the second season that they got animated. But the actual episode where Minnie Moose is introduced didn't get made before the show was canceled. So Minnie Moose is just there in, in one episode with no explanation. Oh. And you still have no real explanation for Minnie Moose, but Minnie Moose is there. <laughs> yeah, one of the, my favorite things was hearing a, a car drive up and like doors closed and then Minnie Moose come in as 
Zim remarks, like, if we weren't betrayed or whatever. Yeah, and then he, like, makes a little squeak, and he's like, oh, I can't stay mad at you, Minnie yeah. Moose. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, oh, I love, so, so, Professor Membrane comes back and starts fighting all the robots, and I loved the part where Zim was just calling out the names of the destroyed robots and wailing. Maria! <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just like, calling out four or five different names and like the idea that zim knew the names of of this horde of robots and like cared about them in any way is darkly hilarious (laughs) exactly and it's like you must gur you must enact revenge for maria (laughs) i think it was maria i don't know yeah you're it's like like your brothers and maria yes yes yes, yes. (laughs) and then of course we have so the the pieces of this puzzle is that Zim teleports the planet directly into the straight line that the tallest are traveling through space in, but doing so in the way that he did also creates a black hole sort of thing called the Florpus. And so at the end of the movie, the Earth gets sucked into it as as the dad is trying to figure out what to do with Minnie Moose to get them transported back to where they belong. And that whole entering the Florpus segment is just a visual feast as they just like do so many different styles of animation just in little flashes and stuff. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's great. It's delightful. One of one of my favorites is actually just um the the little bit that they show of unfinished animation, like where it's just the line work or whatever. Yeah. It it but it moves so fluidly and looks great. Like yeah, I love that little bit. They also had some puppetry and some other yes. uh, some other things in there. So yes, it was just extremely interesting and and very. Yeah, it was it was just so much fun to watch and just yeah, really yeah, very. It engaging. felt like the animators really having fun. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of cool stuff in there, and I did also. I guess it would still be part of spoilers because then at the very end, where the tallest are in the Florpus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and then because it was because like, once Zim's planet disappeared, they're like, all right, all our problems are solved, and yeah. that one guy's like we're still going into the Florpus and they're like, stop being so negative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you see them like on fire, but they looked like puppets or something. I don't know. It was yes. funny. It had them portrayed not having a good time in the Florpus. Yeah. And like, you could read that as them being doomed and like, nah. if the show decides if they make a sequel or anything, other Zim stuff, they could easily break. There was literally an episode of Invader Zim wherein Zim got shot into the sun by them. So like, yeah, if they want them to be fine, they'll be fine. Yeah, they <laughs> might make a passing remark about the, the Florpus, like getting yeah, out yeah. of it or like, just we just had to travel through it or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe a straight line is the key to get out of it who knows, <laughs> who knows? oh man they would feel so self-righteous if exactly. it was <laughs> exactly, exactly and they'd uh reset that guy that the was telling them to turn yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> yeah. um anything else here in the spoiler section Oh, well, other than I love how I forgot where the dad came from but when the dad had been separated uh from dib from dib and then he epically comes back to help fight off all the robots and you know just lifts up like a superhero moment i mean that was almost like a marvel moment where yeah where the dust settles and then you see him standing tall and holding 
holding Dib. It, it was it was really well done. Again, almost uh, that Marvel superhero moment, and then almost the walk they did, almost the Marvel walk with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it it did feel very stereotypically like superhero, just triumphant kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah, and I think I th- I think that's also to a great degree how Dib views his father. So it really played into that for him of like how cool he thinks his dad is. And honestly, in some ways, his dad is pretty cool. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else with spoilers? No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your... (laughs) Let's do the song first. (laughs) I had a favorite or least. What were our opinions on the song? (laughs) I had a favorite or least. Was it your least favorite or favorite song? Least there was actually kind of two songs. There was a, there was a brief scene where two characters were traveling in a thing and were singing along to to some music. Um, but the main song is the one that Gur sings. Yes, and it's terrible. It's bad. <laughs> it's like purposely terrible. Yeah, like, yes, even the music yes. track behind it, you can tell Kevin Kevin Manthe like made it really dinky. Oh yeah, but the, the but then it swells. But that the kids were like, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. <laughs> Very um, silly. Nice is nice. nice so- something about chicken rice. and rice. Um. <laughs> Our pieces in pieces nice. Pieces nice. That's yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that song was terrible, but it was funny. What was your least favorite scene? I think maybe for me, when Dib was on the sidewalk talking to Zim in the beginning, and I just had to keep looking at his grossness with the nose and, you know, the stuff hanging out of his nose and everything else. So maybe that. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll agree with that. Like, he was gross and just, he was supposed to be gross. He was definitely gross. Yeah. I, I think for yeah. me, it's the scene where... Um, where Dib and Gaz are at the dining room table and are, and Dib is coming to understand the Climbrain situation just because that had some of the stuff that made me most uncomfortable with Climbrain's portrayal and how he talked. Um, and I also just, I didn't enjoy the scene overall. The one thing that I enjoyed was Gaz being snippy at the beginning of it, but overall I didn't enjoy that scene very much. So it was... It was necessary, even if it wasn't necessary for Klimbring to be quite like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just found myself not enjoying that scene. Yeah, no, the snippiness was was good though. Where she was like, "You can't escape. I've tried." And he's like, "You've tried to leave without me." She's like, let's <laughs> she not goes, focus on that. Yeah. Now. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Let's not focus on that. That was good. No, Gaz is always a delight, but the rest of that scene I wasn't enjoying. Sure, sure. What was your favorite scene? And if it's in spoiler section, then just be vague. Yeah, I think for me, maybe in spoilers, uh, just the resolution scene or the, you know, escape scene type. I, I enjoyed that. The, the all, mixed with, animation scene? Exactly, or? exactly. With all the mixed animation was really, was really fun and, and engaging. I think my favorite scene is also in spoiler section, but it's um, when for reasons Dib is, is chasing after Zim. I th- yeah, I think that was my favorite. Yeah, I'll I'll go with mm. which my close second is the same one that you said, Mom. Ah, yeah. Okay. Basically, the whole ending is pretty great. The mixed animation one was really good. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm gonna be real, basically my favorite scene is 
the Dib chasing Zim scene onward, just the rest of the movie from there is my favorite bit. But but yeah, how about least favorite character? For me, it's definitely Clembrain for reasons yeah, that I've made I, pretty clear at this yeah, point. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name, but I, I echo that. Yes, Clembrain. I, I liked that, without getting into spoilers, the end of his story is pretty happy for him. I did like that, but overall didn't really like how the character was was presented. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Who was your favorite character? It's going to be hard for Gaz. me to... I love oh, Gas so much. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tie. Well, no, it's not a, quite a tie. I really like Gurr, but I think I'm going to have to go with Gaz too. She it's interesting to me that Gurr's presence in this movie is actually fairly minimal. Um, like, he's certainly in it and, and throughout a lot of it, but he doesn't really do much and he's not a huge presence. He could yeah. definitely be a bigger presence in a lot of episodes of the show, but in the movie, he's, I mean, he's there because he needs to be, because he's Gurr and he's a marketing powerhouse. Um, but like, yeah, he's he's not terribly essential to the story or anything, and he he's doesn't he's not really an essential part of the movie, but he is in there. He's fun. No, I, I think that was a, I think they used him an enough like I yeah think it, could, it would be really easy to overuse him definitely and, and ch- cheapen the movie in a way if if a zim product was ever made without jonan that would be like the first thing that i would expect to happen is just terrible overuse of Gur. yeah yeah not understanding how to use him but not over yeah uh because you yeah. know when the way he is he's like yelling randomly or the, or that song, maybe more of the song when it's like, no, that song was enough. To be yeah. Like, wow, this is a bad song. Plus, once like the kids start singing and the orchestra swells, then it covers up a little bit of the badness of it, and makes yeah. it a little more bearable. Or uh, the when Dib goes to the house. Oh, I was going to say he's uh, on the couch. Yeah, Ger, Ger's like. He's kind of uh, threatening, but then he's like, come on in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, he, his eyes turn red and he has that horrible voice about, whoa, I don't know, some kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, come on. Then then he just gets back to himself. Come on in. You know, yeah, it was adorable. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes of the show is actually when Gurr gets like stuck in that mode and ends up like resenting Zim because he's much more competent than Zim. <laughs> and it just shows how terrifying Gurr can actually be. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I, I enjoy Gurr, but I think Gaz is definitely my favorite. She's just consistently so good throughout it and just gets a laugh almost every time from me. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Like, Dib is less competent. Gaz is more competent, but so she'd be able to solve it, but she just can't be bothered. Yes, yeah, so. and she doesn't take Zim <laughs> seriously most of the time, which in the show is usually fine because Zim usually is not competent enough to do things, but... And this one, she's like, oh, well, I was was wrong, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, what did she say? That was really funny. It's like, oh, look, look at me being wrong. Yeah, like that. that. (laughs) Um, I I definitely also really love Dib and Zim. Like, they are kind of what makes the show the show. Yeah. Um, But Gaz is fantastic. And I really love Gaz and that she, I feel like she got a good amount of things to do in here to really just show off how great a character she is for sure well it's unanimous because i again i agree with you all that she's my favorite <laughs> nice all right now mom <laughs> uh if tim curry were a character in this movie who 
The, the computer. The computer. I think he would be a great Ooh, maniacal. I like a that. A great That's maniacal a computer. Oh, I can just hear his voice. And I whoa. like that. <laughs> yes. Especially when he's I being stealthy want, to get the to get the energy. <laughs> I want to posit another voice that Jonah Vasquez did, which is Climbrain. Yeah, that's what I was. And if it was too. a, if it was, you know, obviously a very different interpretation under him. Yeah, yes. I think it could have been absolutely as fun. long as they did not again try to make him sound like he had a speech impediment or a mental right. illness. Right, but yeah, no, but no I would, if, like I would just love Tim Curry voice. being weird and odd. Yeah, just I like think really likes been really pudding. Fun. Loves this kid. Loves pudding. That's Clumbrain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else would he be fun as? It's It feels difficult to cast him as any of the main cast because they're so... Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, like, like they're so just perfect for those roles. No, tax ta- ship. Like, she should be that. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I he like, could be one of the tallest, but the tallest uh, are also pretty great as yeah. they are. Yeah, no. Yeah. May- maybe the uh, uh, navigator. Ooh, yeah. He could be that guy. Uh, invader but yeah, not yeah, en- the guy- that wouldn't be enough of a use of tim curry i just think the computer would be perfect i just think the computer i think the computer would be good definitely yeah that's really funny i like that all right let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it okay so when when you get to talk about it if it, it feels like you're like i was actually amused by quite a bit of this yes yeah, like you're able to enjoy it more but some of the things like the song, like within the film, that's like, ah, yes, this is supposed to be annoying. But also like you're watching a movie and you're annoyed by this dumb song. <laughs> oh, so the the rating was Y7 and it's really goofy. So like, yeah, I'm sure a kid would enjoy this because generally they're more likely to like appreciate or, or like enjoy this random random humor yeah the little random humor that got real bad in the late 2000s partially because of zim oh yeah so like i guess honestly though i've rewatched like relatively recently rewatched some of the original series and i feel like it does generally do some of that humor better than it did back then so that's interesting the movie I feel like the movie overall did, you know, obviously not all of it hit even for me, but I feel overall it did a better job with it than even the original did, which is just shifting sensibilities. But Yeah, and, and, and learning, like, yeah. he's been working on animation and comedy and stuff, so I'm exactly. sure he can tighten things up. So I I think, like, for, for something to, for a kid to watch there's probably worse things even though it feels like some of the gross stuff shouldn't be for I kids mean, or whatever kids loved ren and stimpy yeah and like i watch ren and stimpy yeah so i watched like, zen like, and mom even didn't like worse, it i would think mom um, didn't like that i watched zen but i did watch it yeah so so if if you're like for this humor like yes if you want to watch it go ahead like i said i watched it twice i think the first time was probably enough uh but you know animation looks good um so it's hard to say a s- recommend but if you want to watch it sure uh <laughs> a week week recommend let's say um <laughs> i'm like oh that movie was pretty good and you're like what no i'm not about it i'm like okay i'm not gonna push you to watch it uh and I think I'll say it 2.5. We'll go with that. Mother. Okay. I know I'm trying to think here. Definitely a 
I would not recommend personally, but I would not, I wouldn't advise against it, I guess. That sounds terrible. It's a very weak recommend too, I suppose. I mean, it sounds similar to what Valerie said. Yeah, meaning it's not my cup of tea, but I definitely don't see anything, you know, wrong with it per se. I I just don't enjoy that style of artwork, just like I never liked Ren and Stimpy or Courage the Cowardly Dog. It's just not my cup of tea. So I can't. Valerie loves courage. I know, I know. I just, I just, it's just not my cup of tea. So, you know, that just is what it is. So in that sense, I can't in good conscience say, oh yes, I would recommend it. Cause I, you know, yeah, I watching it once was definitely enough for me and watching it twice, you know, but, but I did enjoy, I will say this watching it the second time I did enjoy all of the animation more. So that's what I was focused on. So because of, especially because of the animation, uh, to me, the weakest, which I don't even know if I brought up in our, in our podcast, the storyline didn't have a lot of nuance. So in that sense, it <laughs> yeah, wasn't Yeah, but you compelling. don't exactly expect that from yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, but that being said, I think I would rate it a 2.25 because there are some problems in spoilers, especially, you know, some of with the, the fat phobic art styles or, or some of that. But other than that, there wasn't major egregious things in that the animation again was really well done the music and the voice acting was wonderful so for for it artistically you know and quality i'm going to give it a 2.25 all right are you guys ready for i think the first time where i've wildly <laughs> disagreed on a rating but like in a positive in the direction opposite way yeah. yeah um yeah i'm gonna give this a four Ooh. i think it's great i think it's like really good um the animation <laughs> is really good and i think anyone who enjoys animation would really love that aspect of it mm-hmm. um and like I mean, like I've said, Zim, I wrote Zim fanfic, cringy, awful Zim fanfic back in the day. Like, Zim's kind of an indelible part of me. And so I could watch this movie like five more times oh, within the week and I'd be happy just picking it, like picking up on all the other little random things that are in the animation and stuff that, that I didn't pick up the first time. Yeah, no, I, I love this movie. Uh, that is why I... F- just wedged it into our uh, uh, spookaloo <laughs> spook, episodes, spookaloo. even though it arguably it. does not fit at all. <laughs> um, like mom said, the scene where Zim's being treated as a scary monster, uh, that, that'll work. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I think it's, I genuinely think it's great. And so I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> yes, so we cute. don't want you to feel bad i think i oh unlike, don't worry unlike, i don't i feel like the other way where you're like i'm gonna tell you guys why what you like is bad uh, we're just like we accept you for for how and who you are yeah. look quest for camelot is just not a good film okay okay and you can enjoy it but i just i feel like it's mostly nostalgia anyways do you, do you not think this is some nostalgia. Oh, this de- nostalgia hard. definitely affects my yeah. rating. <laughs> but but truly, yeah, like the voice acting, the animation, those those are really done well. And probably if you're a kid, you'll you'll flip and love it. Um, it's really uh, the biggest thing is just the comedy and ha- yeah. the extent to which you gel with it. Yep. Like mom, it's it's really not mom's thing. It kind of used to be Valerie's, but she mostly doesn't 
feel it much anymore. I think, Even I on, think it, it can get tiring more quickly. Yeah. It's like, I get where this is going. Like, can we move on? And even I, it's not like really my thing anymore, but I can still just kind of tap into the feeling that I had back then and also just appreciate the obvious craft that went into it now. Yeah. That it's not an issue for me, even even some of the things that are obviously lesser. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. No, it's yeah. just great. And if you are a Zim fan, I can I can definitely see how this might be a must see if you're a Zim fan because it's really well done. And you I think al- also and you alluded- just if you're an animation fan. Well, you alluded to earlier even the humor is more sophisticated than in the series, or better, you know, it's done, and the and the style of animation you may or may not like better or worse, but it it is beautiful animation. Yeah, definitely. Next time. We are going to watch two different movies involving vampire hunters. But and mom, just me. Just I was going to say, will mom, I be a part mom of this Mom will journey? not be on these two episodes because I don't think that they're... Like, Zim isn't mom's bag in the sense that she's not really into the animation or into the humor, uh, humor but she can still, like, watch it and be okay. But this is not her bag in the sense that, like, there's vampires and some like kind of gross stuff and that's just really not something mom's interested in handling i think this so is, this is true thank you my dear bless you bless you <laughs> you're very welcome so mom will not be on the next two episodes um but we will definitely have her back after that no worries yes. she won't be gone uh long and uh all of these howling spooky blue episodes as you've probably noticed between this one and the last one are coming out a week apart because it's special halloween spooky blue times <laughs> spooky blue or spookaloo which one is it? I say Spookaloo. You're I right. Like it's Spookaloo. Spookaloo and I'm the one messing it up. I'm messing up your beautiful creation. Aww, it's okay. I it's love cute. Spookaloo. That's, that's darling. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so yeah. So um, two more Halloween Spookaloo episodes coming up. Um, and Ooh. then we'll have like two episodes in between that and our whatever we're going to call the the Christmas uh, holiday times. Oh man. Okay. I got a little yeah, bit to think of. Yes. You got you to think something up. We'll get there. I was um, going to say. Yes. Wait, oh. I, was, I was just going to say, I don't know how I'm going to survive though when we go into our Christmas season without Muppet Christmas Carol. Mom, you know that you can still watch it even if we don't do an episode I on know. it. You can that re-listen you can, to your episode. Yes, you can I'm re-listen to. to the episode we already did. Actually, I did recently. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I love you. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, it's like literally the best Christmas Carol adaptation. So. It is. It is. It yeah, is. if so you haven't listened to that episode and somehow you haven't seen the movie, go watch oh, Muppet Christmas do. Carol for Christmas. It's, oh, or for all the holidays. Yeah. It's just great. It's great. Christmas- in July, watch Absolutely. it. Yeah, I, know, so I know, Absolutely. Best Christmas Carol, Muppets. Best yes. Treasure Island, Muppets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like 100%. We'll get, tre- we'll get Treasure Island on here at some point. Don't worry. Anyways. Yes, for our, they- our pirate. Uh, our pirate month. Yes. What's our pirate month? Uh... What there's there's like there's an actual like s- silly holiday like, speak that's like a pirate day? yeah some like whatever that one falls in we'll okay. figure it out this this ending is going on way too long <laughs> we uh, love you all <laughs> I stay do. safe please like subscribe and yes um, yeah Comment we just appreciate on. you all so much share love it. you lots. share it tell people yes. about it get that word out yes. um thank you yes yeah, thank you thank bye y'all. bye, bye. bye. bye.
This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.